Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode number 77, uh, I believe. Wow. Uh, we are what, live from the Home Assistant Conference here on Hopin. So joining me as usual, I've got Rohan. Rohan, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Like, hello. Good. Almost hello. evening. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I've been up since like 6 a.m. or something to <laughs> catch as many sessions as I could. It's been awesome. Um, wow. Okay. So I think let's just uh, get into it, I, I guess. Um, first of all, I mean, this is a live podcast, so I guess we have to do this live today. But uh, this episode of the Home Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Nabucasa. Uh Simply, wow, we've really stuffed that up. Can you believe it? I, I've stuffed that up? I'm going to start that again. One second in. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily and securely access your local home assistant instance remotely without finding, without fiddling with any SSL certificates or any router settings. And that's why we pre-record that shit, right? Like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Go, go for it, Ron. So the cloud strikes again, kind of. Kind of. So, um, and, and and Paul has talked about this at the beginning of the segment, uh, at, the, at the opening session, rather. Uh, where he talked about TP-Link, uh, and essentially what happened is they made some beta firmware that basically closed out all of their local APIs and so on. Uh, so it sounded like all the users in the UK were no longer able to access their smart switches uh, from via local uh, means. So basically what happened is Home Assistant, basically as an organization, Runabukasa, and the Home Assistant community basically came together and said, listen, we want this back. Uh, come on, you got to do better, that kind of thing. And, and essentially, uh, they responded and said, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll release some beta firmware. Just call our, call our email TP-Link support with the MAC address. And uh, basically, they'll manually assign uh, your device this, uh, this firmware that apparently has that local API back. So that's, uh, yeah. I guess I guess that's a good thing. So that's that's and and to Paulus's point, this was sign of the community coming together and and you know really leveraging this large community and and the concept of open source and the concept of local control and pushing for uh, everything to have that right and yeah. and applying pressure and and to their point, we saw this earlier with Hue. We saw this earlier with a bunch Logitech. of vendors, right? Logitech, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, that one was actually really annoying because they they did a couple in a row, which uh, a lot of people were pretty upset about. So um, I'm just hoping and, it and is a beta fun. firmware at the moment. So I'm hoping that they'll eventually roll it out and make it a proper release for everyone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think I think you know that's kind of where that sits, and I guess that's a good thing, right? Um, it, it's a little annoying that I guess you have to go in and email them or contact them rather than that just being there. Uh, but hopefully they bring that back into one of their production releases into their GA releases. And I'm hoping that's just the case now because it's beta. So, yeah. All right. But uh, we don't want to talk about that anymore. Do we like that's the boring stuff? No, I think, I think, I think, yeah, that, that's, that's done. All right. That's done. All right. So home is conference 2020. It was virtual this year. Uh, if you weren't able to attend uh, because of the, obviously the pandemic, I think it actually worked out, or for me at least being in Australia, being able to actually attend a conference actually worked out pretty decently. Uh, there was a range of talks. I think I watched someone automating a fireplace live today. Uh, that was fantastic. I couldn't go, like, you know, could have gone either way. At least he's got his eyebrows yeah. still. So 
that's always a plus. Um, but I think the big takeaway to come out from the conference today was, of course, that Home Assistant 1.0, which uh, was here finally, we've had run. We've been talking about 1.0 for like how many years now? I know. Right. It's, uh, well, it's... and as quick as it came, Frank sort of uh, poo-pooed on that. And uh, I think during <laughs> the final keynote, they've changed. It's no longer called 1.0. It's then end up going to a calendar release schedule. So the next version, the version we're talking about today, is 2020.12. Uh, and moving forward, that will be the release structure. So year, dot, month. I don't know, Ron, I, I'm actually pretty impressed with, uh, I think, you know, everyone's got a pretty good, um, you know, they're confident with Home Assistant now. They're saying, you know, this is good as 1.0, but here's our new release structure. I'm, yeah. I think it's fantastic. I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they've they've removed the zero point whatever nomenclature, and I'm good with that. I mean, it's I think I think the zero point whatever makes it feel a lot more beta than it probably is too, right? So, um, you know, I think okay. I think uh, in this case, I, I'm 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 good with this 2020.12.0 as as I think the first uh, first release. <laughs> I see somebody saying it's funny. AJ will never reach 1.0. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I'm going to take it. We had it for two it. weeks as the beta. It was, I've got. I'm technically running right now in my home 1.0. So I'm going same to same here. I I'm <laughs> I'm holding on to that. For, That's right. I have I hit 1.0 and with Home <laughs> Assistant, and then <laughs> and then it's going away after that. But uh, yeah. no, which is which is uh, again. I think and and you know we saw a lot of the announcements, and and we'll talk some uh, talk about some of these things in a little bit as well. Um, but. This to me is, you know, usable at this point to a, uh, I guess, a novice user or, or someone that's not technical, right? Uh, it's, I, I think, again, features like Blueprint and things like that that were just uh, announced were, yeah. you know, I think that's key. Uh, absolutely. But along with that now, um, what's happening as well is to go with the nomenclature and to go with standard cadences and, and releases um, along comes the monthly release cycle. So, you know, what that means is great. 2020.12, 2021.1, whatever that release cycle is um, that's really starting to go and move to a three week release cycle uh, or sorry, from a three week release cycle to a monthly release cycle. And, uh, and, you know, I think uh, Frank mentioned this in, in the closing uh, session, which was, you know, it, it, it's a little easier for people to follow rather than needing a, um, needing a calendar basically to keep track of that. I know, I know, Phil, for ourselves, we have, we subscribe to the, to the release calendar that, that yep. the Home Assistant team puts out. And that, that's how we know when we're recording episodes <laughs> to some extent, right? It's, we have no idea just because of all of this stuff that's happening as well. Uh, just because it's, Three weeks is kind of an odd time to have, right? Uh, oh, twos make yeah. sense, fours make sense, but three, I think, was a bit, yeah, because you could never really like it was just that, that odd number, right? Um, but I think beta moving forward is still only going to be a week. So if Home Assistant is releasing on the first Wednesday of the month now, the beta will be released on the last Wednesday of the previous month. That's right, that's right, and uh. Chris Lawson uh, kind of came up with a good thing in the chat there, which is, does this mean podcasts are only once a month? So, Phil, why don't you talk about uh, what's happening right. with that? So, um, obviously, we have tried to follow the Home Assistant release as much as we can, you know, launching on the same day as the release comes into. So, what we're planning to doing next year is keeping with that. So, there will be a monthly podcast episode. 
uh, as but we're going to just rejig the episodes a little bit. So I think as Home Business moves into bigger releases, um, we're going to need more time to talk about Home Business, especially if there's big, you know, monthly features that are coming out like blueprints and, and everything like that. Like the time we talk about, you know, the monthly release will be, you know, an hour into an episode and then getting to a guest. So I think moving forward, we're going to try to do a release episode and then that's also going to give us more time during the month to pre-record and do other recordings like our spotlight episodes and I think guest-focused episodes. So we can really get, you know, diving deeper into your, you know, whoever is on the show with us. Um, you know, we've had some great guests, you know, even in the last six months where we've been like, damn, like we could keep talking to you. We're already over an hour and we could keep talking yeah. to you for another hour at least, right? So allowing... Um, you know, allowing us to go in and really, you know, pick people's brains about that automation that we can just can't go as, as further enough in that, you know, half hour, 45 minutes that we're usually left with, I think is going to be great. And plus, you know, we've had so many emails coming through to us, you know, um, to feedback at House Podcast. So, you know, oh, you should do a spotlight on this, spotlight on that. And, you know, Ron and I are like, oh, we just, we just haven't had the time to do it. So I think monthly releases yeah. are going to really help us uh make more episodes for the podcast as opposed to less, I think. Yeah. And, and Phil, Phil and myself have kind of gone back and forth a few times with, with this as well, right. In terms of, you know, how do we actually do this? Um, we, both of us want to get out way more spotlight episodes than we actually have gotten out. Um, but it's just, again, it's a matter of time, right. Both of us have full-time jobs, which keep both of us extremely busy. So, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think this is kind of a bit of motivation to do that. Right. And kind of go back to that, uh, that same cadence we used to have, which we used to be every, which used to be every two weeks. And then, mm. uh, when we do every two weeks and at that point it's, you know, one week might be released, one week might be special episodes, whatever that is. Right. So I think, uh, I think, I think that that just allows us a lot more flexibility, uh, in terms of time as well. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, this podcast has little time as it takes in our day. It actually does take up quite a bit of time and more so for Phil who, uh, you know, credit to him who does all the editing and everything as well. Right. And typically puts most of the show notes, if not all the show notes together as well. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. I just kind of show up and usually still mostly asleep. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do show the short end of the stick for when it comes to having to work. <laughs> so I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And of course, as I said, this is a live podcast, so you know uh, we are going to have mistakes everywhere. But do you want to bring in James? I don't know if can you, James? Are you there? And can you talk? Good evening. Good evening. Hey, James. Hey, James. So we've got James here today because you know we've obviously got people in the chat, and Rohan and I have got so many things on our list here to get through. So James is going to be in the chat uh, answering questions, or you know if you've got any questions for us, James is going to collate them all. Um, and I think at the end of the podcast, we'll have uh, a little Q&A session with everyone, a bit of a debrief. I'm, I know I want to talk about, you know, a lot of stuff that's happened in the conference today. Uh, so we're just going to keep it free for all. We will um, kick James out and pull people in as required um, <laughs> if you want to chat uh, and then bring James back in, of course, um, if you want to come on and, and, and chat as well, if you're comfortable with that. So, yeah, let James know in the chat uh, if you're happy with that, James, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's use the uh, hashtag spotlight tonight. So if you've got something to uh, really throw at Phil and, and Rowan, let's use hashtag spotlight. Keep the Q and A going in in the in the in the comments. Um, there's some fantastic interaction going on there. But uh, hashtag spotlight if you really want the attention. Perfect. And Frank just said he'll bump the limit, so that's uh, greatly appreciated. Yes, thank you so much, Frank. Well, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh, 
I'm so I'm stressing about a time. If Frank's what Frank's got our back, yeah. So that's good. Love it. All right, all right. Go for. I think Rahan, do it. Like just drop it. But let's let's do this. Home assistant blue. Um, this is something I think Phil and myself we've kind of been pretty excited about. Um, when when you know this announcement dropped and and we found out and you know um. So there's a lot, lot to unpack here. So it's based on the O2 N. Wow, it's based on the Odroid <laughs> N2 Plus with four gigs of memory. Um, comes wrapped in a really nice uh, limited edition metal case, um, made from aluminum. It sounds like, which is a limited run, um, and yeah. and which actually looks really, really awesome. And uh, I was just watching the chat, and as uh, as they were announcing that on the main stage, and uh, you know, people were like. Hardware? Are you are you gonna are you gonna make a make a box? Are you what, what's happening? Right? And like Apple's one more thing, right? Like where, where's the one more thing coming in this announcement? That's right. That's right. And and I think you know to me that's that's um, it, it, it's that excitement, right? And and I'm also kind of excited for it. And and I I do think I'm gonna get one of those. Um, again, whether whether I use I, I do really like my setup right now, so maybe I won't use it. I'll probably just get one for the sake of having it. And and uh, I do really think it's really cool. Uh, they do say it's 22 times faster than the Raspberry Pi, which, uh, I mean, I've been pretty notorious for mentioning how much I, no, I don't dislike the Raspberry Pi as a platform. I dis- dislike Home Assistant on my Raspberry Pi just because of all the issues I used yeah. to have with it, which which is now a little different, right? Because uh, I think really what's happening now is that, you know, you're, you've outgrown the Pi, right? And I think this is Home Assistant yeah. in general as an ecosystem has now outgrown the Pi. Yeah, exactly. You outgrow, outgrow your NAS, right, as well. So uh, it's, it's nice to have a, a, a nice device that can, can cope with this. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, like that, eventually, that, you know, exactly yeah, you outgrow whatever you're using. And, you know, of course, like that's what you can expect. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? It's it's about 140 bucks US. Um available from resellers around us and europe which is pretty neat comes with home assistant pre-installed so you don't have to deal with that and and to me this also lends closer to that you know 1.0 experience right which is Mm. you know if like 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 i'm just thinking like if i take my dad or mom into this they have no idea how to you know install an os onto um an sd card and then in, and run it that way and then maybe change it for to an external hard drive whatever that is they have no clue how to do that right um and meaning i have to do that but but if if they did want to get started on something like this it's uh hey great go online buy this box and and off you go right it comes installed it's it's you know it's, it's able to handle whatever so you don't need to deal with hey how do i scale up tomorrow as, as well I think. Absolutely. And I think you're yeah, just that full out of the box experience, right? Like plug it in, turn it on and it just works. I think that's something that has been really missing uh, in home assistant, you know, we could, and now looking back, you can see how people got to like how we've got to this stage where there is hardware being sold by home assistant because, you know, the front page of home assistant has always been, you know, download this for the raspberry Pi. Um, here is a single install SD image, right? You just etch this to an SD yeah. card and Home Assistant will boot up. You know, we've had HassIO, Home Assistant OS, and, you know, this is obvious, This is clearly now the next logical step. And I think doing a limited edition run, obviously, you know, the pandemic has sort of put some brakes on how fast this thing could move. 
Uh, but I do think that a limited edition run is also a good way for the home system team to see how popular this is going to be, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think I think that's the you know I think that's at the end of the day I think that's what it comes down to, right? And then and and hopefully we do see this kind of taking off. And and I know it's a limited edition thing, but uh, you know I'm kind of hoping it's not, right? To some yeah. extent. Uh, yeah, I hope it continues. Yeah, absolutely, right? And uh, <laughs> Andrea's. Uh, Making me chuckle here, going, this is a terrible gift because people will just fall into the rabbit hole. <laughs> Man, you're so right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine you give someone a gift and it's literally pay, like, yeah, opening up someone to an addiction, right? The first one's for free yeah. and then you get them in this addiction. Um, so you can, dial. what was that? Sorry, James. Sorry, what was that, James? You're then on speed dial for the next six months once they get ramped up. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. true. Hey, should so, I do Philips Hue or should I do IKEA Tradfree? What do you recommend? Oh man, like where, where do we go from here? Right? I, I don't know how to nicely say I don't care which one. You say, okay, <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did also appreciate that uh, for those that do want to use or do want to buy, you know, the hardware separately. Once again, Home Assistant is really keeping up with uh, that open source community, and they're publishing three D models of the cases that you can print. Yeah. Uh, so in, obviously being plastic won't be that nice metal premium experience you'll get from buying directly from Nabucastle or Home Assistant. But, you know, once again, great to see that they're pushing back and, and giving people the option that, you know, you don't have to give a dollar to Nabucastle if you really are that grumpy about it, right? You can print your own 3D printed case and get it in any color. You can choose your own color then as long as you can obviously print it from your 3d printer exactly which which i think i think is a great option as well right and and you know i i again people have different limits different whatever in terms of what they want to spend on this stuff and great right hopefully hopefully this helps curb your addiction a little bit <laughs> uh when it when it comes to home automation which again i'm i'm not going to be uh i'm not going to be one to say hey that's right or wrong or whatever if that's what works for you fantastic do it Right. And I do think it's great that uh, people do that. So, and I, as much as I don't have a 3D printer myself and I've been wanting to get one, a friend of mine just got one and I'm told him I'm basically borrowing it for basically whatever. As I much want. as you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy my own spools and stuff. But yeah, yeah. you're going to be on Thingiverse looking for random plastic things you can just print for the fun of it. Oh, it's the worst. I mean, the, the main reason I wanted to get one is I got some uh, ESP uh, 32s and basically one of them is just basically kind of controlling all of my Xiaomi plant sensors and bringing that into home assistant yeah, yeah. and uh yeah so i just wanted a basically a case for that so it's not ugly and it's just right now it's literally just a usb charger plugged into it and just sitting there on a <laughs> on a table and uh, it looks pretty bad I, I think it looks cool but everybody else thinks it looks pretty bad so uh <laughs> you know that's uh it's okay fine wrap it in a, in a 3d printed case whatever so yeah all right so i think before we get to our q and let's break down some highlights from 1.0 Yes. Or, sorry, my apologies. 2020.12. Uh, and I think the big release to come is Blueprints. Now, this is something that I think is going to yeah. be an absolute game changer. Uh, so yeah. Blueprints are able, like they're shareable automations, you know, and you can put in basically placeholders. So if you want to share a, a Blueprint or an automation that you have of a light turning on, you can then share a Blueprint that can dictate where people need to put in their entity ID for a binary sensor, like a motion sensor, and their light to turn on or turn off. Um, 
it uses the Home Assistant UI. So once they've put in their blueprint, it can then, users can then, or whoever downloads your blueprint can then go in and select, you know, yes, I want to put this motion sensor for this and this light for this, and it just works. I think this is the next evolution. You know, previously we've had GitHub sharing, gists, you know, YAML code in forum posts, blog posts. I'm yeah. guilty of that as well. I think this is going to be the next evolution of, you know, really basically one-click installs of people being able to install automations. There's already some automations up uh, on the community forums. You can, and I really think they've done a great job here, just paste a URL to either a GitHub gist or I think a community post uh, into your home assistant instance and it will download the blueprint for you. One thing that I am really looking forward to and I hope they implement this in the future is I think blueprints could be expanded to home assistant packages. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I have uh, one of my automations that a lot of people uh, know me for is my not-so-binary presence detection. And that mm-hmm. uses a, uh, a whole bunch of input selects or input helpers, uh, device trackers, and automations. If I could package that up as a single blueprint and you were then able to just have a, you know, select a device tracker and it would create a input select for you and it would do all the other magic for you, that would be an absolute game changer. So I really hope, you know, obviously this is just the first release, but I do hope I can see blueprints rolling out to a lot more than just automations and scripts. Yeah. And, and, and to me, it's also one of those, it's, it's a great way of, I mean, Phil, how many times have you helped me on my, some of my automations, right? With like, there's, there's so many times when I'm sitting there struggling with templates and, and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be kind of cool if, you know, you could, take that and i mean you you and i talk to each other often enough and so you'll just ping me whatever yeah but it'd be cool if you're going to take it push it to github because it might be more than just me that's struggling with that same thing right and, and a lot of my automations aren't like aren't uncommon it's like hey tell me when something opens tell me when something closes whatever yeah, what right? was that, that one we did the other week like you needed an alert when your back door was left open for five minutes or something like my, my pretty... garage door exactly yeah yeah sorry right? with so... actionable notifications and things like that I think that's a great, great use case for that, right? And and fine, we take that, we package it up and and push it up as a blueprint because, you know, fine, you help me one-on-one, but this exact same thing might help another 100 people. Absolutely. And then if you think about, like, Home Assistant has had cookbooks on the website for yeah. mm-hmm. donkey's years, right? Like, this is going to be taking cookbooks to the next level. Like, literally, yeah. download a recipe, put your ingredients in, and you're away. That's it. Think of your uh, blog post, Phil, with uh, your washing machine and, and dishwasher reminder and, and yep. others that publish YouTube videos and, and blog posts, just having a, a link to that blueprint. But that, that loops back nicely to, Rowan, your point about Thingiverse, right? What about a Thingiverse yeah. for blueprints? What about just touching on a point that uh, Rick's, Rich, Rick, Rick's touched on, a, a UI or an experience where you can go in and find these more easily within the community? So w- whether there's any thoughts or appetite to uh, an improved experience to discover and, and, and find those blueprints that others have dis- that, that others have shared? Absolutely. I actually think yeah. I saw in the um, in the one... Uh, because I was watching the live stream of the, the final keynote and the chat was going off off its chops, right? There was just, you know, a million messages a second. But I did manage to get a blink of one message and it said, what about a store for blueprints, right? And then I was thinking, well, that's a, a great opportunity, right? Like if you could create a whole bunch of automations and potentially either give them away for free 
or sell them and then, you know, home business and the project can take a, a 30% clip like Apple, right? Like there's another another sure. revenue stream for Nabucasa. There's a, 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 a good incentive for people to share blueprints and, you know, create high-quality blueprints. And, you know, you sell them yep. for a dollar or something and if they help, you know, save someone, you know, a few hours doing a trying to work out how to get this automation to work properly. Sure. But then maybe sure. I'm thinking I, of, you know, a 2025 <laughs> Oh, you know, that's on the 20, 2025 roadmap. Yeah, I mean, I, I I also don't know if that's kind of where they want to go with it, right? In the sense that it's like, that's also a lot of work away from core has that, that they'll be putting in. Yes, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean at, at the end of the day, I, I love the whole concept of blueprints, right? I mean, it, it beats sharing something as a gist or, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I think, I think you know, I think that... that that's pretty cool. Bob's just asked in the comments, where are blueprints going to be available? I believe there is a community uh, on the community forums. There is a special forum for them that you can access them from. And I believe there's going to be either somewhere in the home website, similar to a cookbook, there will be a list where uh, you can find a whole bunch of uh, gists of where people have yeah. uploaded them to GitHub as well. So, so in your in your Home Assistant install, if you go to if you go to configuration and blueprints, you'll see all of the blueprints. You'll see whatever's there is there, and then underneath you'll see discover more blueprints. And uh, and and if you click that, uh, that basically takes you to that same community that uh, that Phil was talking about. Yeah, and and you can see again like the the one that they demoed, saying with the five button remote for lights, great, it, it's there, and you know you can you can take it from there. Troy and Bob have both posted the link from the community. So let's put that in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah definitely. Perfect. All right. Another uh, thing, Rohan, that I was actually really excited to see in 1.0 uh, is the ability to disable devices. And this doesn't seem like a yeah. huge thing, but when it comes to, you know, it's the time of the year, it's Christmas time, you know, having a device, I have a switch, right? And everything, all my automations are set up correctly. They're fine. I have a Christmas tree light switch. And then I put it away for a year and it sits mm-hmm. in my home assistant entities marked as unavailable for, you know, 11 months out of the year. So being yeah. able to just, you know, toggle it away for 11 months, I think is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And and I think I think typically what the old process was is you you disabled that entity, right? Where, yeah. you know, and, and one device might have multiple entities, right? So as an example, if you have a motion sensor, it might have a therm, uh, thermometer in it. It might have the, obviously the motion sensor itself and so on and so forth. So there might be multiple entities associated with that. I think uh, I think that's where it kind of comes in. Also helps yeah, when you're definitely. devin in production, right? And you've got a, a couple of half a dozen ESP home boards that are on and off whilst you're building out ideas and, just to be able to yeah. mark them as disabled is... James, you're doing it wrong. Production <laughs> is development. What are you talking about? That's right. That's, that's right. Oh, my old. That's right. It's, that, that's a DevOps philosophy, I tell you, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody asked, uh, Barney asked, is there going to be versioning for Blueprints? Um, I don't know. That would be kind of cool. I think, I think that would be interesting, but I, I don't know, you know, no, can you can you make versions of your own blueprint? I'm sure you can, um, but will that auto update to everybody else? I don't know. I guess it also might then be... leads into a point of what happens if you know I've done a blueprint of a feature that Home Assistant no longer supports in you know three years time, and people are still trying to use it. Will you have a the ability for a blueprint to say I'm compatible up to this version of Home Assistant sort of thing? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's and and I mean a breaking change happens, whatever, and you know now templates work differently. Great. Well, you know, does that mean that my blueprint is broken for everybody? And if my blueprint is broken for everybody, does that get traversed back? That that that's a great question, Barney. I I, I have no idea. Time will tell. That's right. Um, so now entities can be assigned to areas. Um, so you know, areas was this concept that was brought in. Oh God, what, like a year ago, maybe more, yeah. something like that. It's been a while. Um, and, and, and it's funny because I always add my entities to areas, but I never, or sorry, not entities. I always add my devices to areas and I don't actually do anything with them but, or do anything with the areas. But, you know, I, I, it's, what's that? I appreciate the, uh, the hard work now, Rowan. Appreciate the hard oh, work. Oh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now there's actually good reason for it, right? Uh, mm. Especially, especially with the blueprint uh, things and, and, and in the demo, you saw some of that as well. Um, for, for those of you listening after the fact, I mean, go back and try and watch that. It's in the final closing session on how the blueprints work and, uh, you know, the areas actually come in pretty handy. Yeah. And I think, this having entities finally in areas is something that was that missing piece of the puzzle for me. You know, I, I never, yeah. I've never really personally used areas because most of the things were using YAML, so they weren't proper first class devices, so they weren't being able to be assigned to an area. But now, with entities right. being able to assign to an area, it's much neater. So I think that yeah, is. Yeah, I think that's more useful. So I've got a really neat use case for areas and and the mapping that is coming. And that is, I'm moving home, right? So if all my areas yeah. were correctly assigned and I choose to put five lights in one room rather than two, my automations hopefully will still work just the same as one room with five versus two, right? Um, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how that, that whole mapping works and benefited from it in, in this example of, of moving home. So yeah. would you be doing something like, um, you know, if uh, the area, like if a living room motion sensor goes off, then turn the lights on in the area living room, for example? Is that something that yeah. you're trying to achieve? Yeah, or the, the devices are tampered with in that, in that area if you've got zones or, or something that you, perhaps yep. you're um, working with a couple of areas that equal the ground floor versus the first floor, second floor. Um, just, just nice not to have to hard shift all, all of the entities and every automation if you just concentrate on on an area and map it through the UI. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And 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 Lewis in the chat actually brought up a great point of, you know, my alarm system device is in the basement, but all of its entities are scattered all over the house. Obviously, you might have door open, close sensors, whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that might be that might be something happening there too so um this I, I think this really helps in that case too so and i know there's been a lot of love for the zigbee to mqtt project and something that's come out in 1.0 uh, is the ability for mqtt scenes to now be supported in home assistant so uh i believe zigbee to mqtt is either it's either in beta or it's just being released they can now control zigbee scenes so you can have you know lights, a group of lights turning on and off based on a scene uh, on the Zigbee protocol that can now be exposed to Home Assistant via a MQTT scene, uh, which is just going to make that integration a whole lot better. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of other potential use cases, especially with Home Assistant using uh, Z-Wave to MQTT. So as that starts getting fleshed out, you know, that you could have uh, Z-Wave scenes, Z-Wave, you know, device groups being controlled through these uh, MQTT scenes. So it's probably a pretty niche uh, feature to be added, but I think it's one that 
a lot of Zigbee to MQTT users will find very useful. Yeah. And you, you use that, right, Phil, or...? I did, um, but I, I've moved over to uh, the decon stick now just for that's right. better. That's right. I, I found the CC22531 a little bit finicky, couldn't get it to mesh properly with all my mm. mishmash of uh, Osram gear, Xiaomi gear, but the decons yeah. just works perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And apparently in the, on the decons uh, software, you can also change channels and stuff like that, which is really nice too, because I know ZHA is lacking on uh, some some of that stuff. Um, I, oh, I, really? I heard, I heard that that's something that they're looking at. I don't know how true that is or not, but... Um, on the ZHA front, because right now for you to change the channel, like it's not it's not in the UI, right? It's like a yep. thirty yeah. step process that I looked at, and I was like, I'm not dealing. With <laughs> I'm I'm good with it <laughs> being half a, half a second behind or whatever. I'm I'm fine yeah. with that. It's not uh, it's not uh, worth of that. Yeah. So now now it can be changed via YAML. I think that was more recent, but uh, I thought I thought there there may be something else behind that. I, I have to revisit that, Andrea. It's I think I think you might be right there. Definitely via YAML. Yeah, um, I think I think that's going to leave. So that I think as I said, it's a huge release. So we are doing a live podcast recording today. So I think it's only fair that you know people are in the comments. Throw some questions if you want to come up. We can sort of uh, add you into the call as well. Um, James, what have we got from the comments so far? I think you you've both been doing a, a good job at picking them up as we've been going on. There's a lot of discussion about blueprints. Um, mm. Which we, we which we've covered, and I think the the main ones that there's um, mainly the, the where do I go to get them? Um, how will they be versioned? Which which, which we've all covered. Um, yep. Blue's been a, an interesting discussion. So, what's in this production run? You know, if if there's such a sellout, will there be future runs and and uh, more opportunity to to get a device such as uh, such as that? Um, and I'll keep scanning, but uh, I think yeah, definitely. you're both on it. Well, so I think we don't know how much is going to be in the limited run. Um, I don't think it, Paul has mentioned it uh, in the keynote. If he did, I must have missed it. Frank's probably in the comments. He's probably like, <laughs> I don't know how many numbers are there, suckers. Um, <laughs> I did ask. <laughs> there you go. See? Um, there you go. So I think, uh, look, it, it does give that sense of I need to get one straight away, though, doesn't it? I think that's the the idea of it and I, I don't mind that but I, I don't honestly I think if this is going to be successful if they sell out within you know a month or whatever I think there is no reason for them not to do it um unless it's you know yeah. it just becomes too much of a hassle and they don't want to become a hardware company and and, and I think that may be why it's a limited run too right yeah. so I think uh you know I I think that's a big thing there yeah yeah definitely uh somebody else asked uh <laughs> getting troy hunt soon uh troy, on troy it. and more of phil is uh, a general theme more troy and more phil there you go <laughs> <laughs> more blog posts from both uh that's right i mean it's just the podcast right? i've got so many things to do right like I wish I had more time. <laughs> Actually, Ryan and I, we say the same thing. We look at each other's blogs and we're like, man, I haven't posted in a while. Then Ryan's like, yeah. And then we look like, fuck, it's been years, man. Like, we've got to get that. Like, we've got to sort our shit out, right? <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's right. I looked at my contribution back at beginning of COVID, middle of COVID through the summer, and yeah, I'm on yeah. it. And then there's this huge disruption in my world with work and uh, projects that I'm involved in. And suddenly I just disappear. And my life is just full of those roller coasters of, wanting to contribute 
actually contributing and then disappearing from from this amazing community and yeah. if i could just organize yeah. organize things where i could just contribute at a, a more regular pace and and provide some some detail and and uh, effort it, back into in, in, you know this evening's been fantastic to see what what folks have, have contributed and just to contribute a, a great post or an article that helps others is exactly what we're all here for right yeah absolutely yeah. and james you've and, been and really stepping up this year like i've seen your <laughs> halloween yeah um, like uh, your um twitter has just been like I've, i always see your tweets i'm like yeah like james like slow down you're making us look bad here right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> tweeting and the Instagram is the easy part, right? But writing an yeah, article right. that actually makes sense and is uh, is uh, easy for not, It doesn't have a typo in your game. Or <laughs> oh, doesn't, no. typo. That's just that's to learn. That's for others to learn from. But uh, exactly. it's, it's, you know, <laughs> put in put in the effort. That curated experience from from start to finish. And I've had some fun with my daughter. And a lot of this stems. We 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 talk back in March. A lot of a lot of the fun that I I get from Home Assistant is bringing that experience to my daughter and stuff and and halloween was a really fun experience sort of made in a covid contact free um candy dispenser and stuff and (laughs) and even more recently with a a reward system for my daughter so she she earns thing uh, points on a star for doing well and eventually she gets five points on the star and she gets a credit and i've created this whole home assistant currency of credit and we can transfer stars to screen time on her her <laughs> ipad or her um, amazing nintendo switch so, or, or, or money right and it's it's really fun this is going to be the new bitcoin <laughs> you, you have outsourced parenting to home assistant like that is how much faith you have in home assistant right now to raise your child <laughs> that's right that's right so so some some somebody up above actually asked as well this is when we first joined or when you first joined james uh, I, I think i saw somebody i'm not and i apologize i didn't i don't know who it was was you know what are you doing to uh, uh to basically gamify your chores now at this time right and, and, <laughs> so, and, and, uh, and, and in all honesty i think that's a great problem to solve right there right yeah. is that that you're solving <laughs> Andre's helped massively with with his contribution to the tag solution, right? But there's a series of things that we we've got to do with with kids, and that's the the whole home home learning and and schoolwork. Um, but there's there's a sense of chores that we we want our kids to contribute and participate with and, and get them appreciating. But more moreover, just appreciation of of others around us. So rather than can I have a drink, Daddy? Can can I get a drink and would you like one? That kind of behavior. And uh, I've put a series of tags around the house so that I can scan. She's got one on her iPad. She can bring it to me and I tap it with my phone and it brings up this credit system. Would you like to debit or credit the account, right? And then I can give her a little point <laughs> for doing well. But equally, I've got uh, a warning mode and and she she gets um, two, two warnings and then the whole point system resets itself and, and back to zero but it, it's it's fantastic to see how well that's improved you know the, the 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 contribution she she has and the reality of of chores and her needing to contribute to things hey everyone i just wanted to take a minute to talk about the eufy video lock it's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling it's got a keyless entry so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. 
Personally, I think the UFI video lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though, is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored. So you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. I can't wait for her to be able to hack this and give herself like a million <laughs> points and be like, oh, look, I've got enough points to go to Disneyland. Let's go. <laughs> I'm 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 more excited for her to turn this around on you and be like, okay, Dad. Well, if you don't help me with my homework today, or if you don't do this, then guess <laughs> yeah. what? That's the thing, right? It's you're like, losing yeah. TV time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, All right, what else? Ryan, I did see um, a question there. What are the board games on your shelf? Oh God, um, there, there's actually a another full shelf with a stash underneath. I don't know if people can, you can't see it, but no, uh, the ones you can see are kind of the classics: Monopoly, Category, Scrabble, uh, Settlers of Catan. There's Sequence, which is like a card game. It, it's it's less uh, known, but it's a pretty old game. Uh, it's basically like a multiplayer card game where you have to kind of come up with like five in a row or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then code names, uh, which is uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's 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 that's a lot of fun though. Uh you should look it up and and get it. And uh yeah, we've been really right there. That's right, that's right. No, we've been we've been uh, really into board games through COVID and stuff because there's only so much TV you can watch, there's only so much of, of that, course, and it's just yeah. like, oh, it's killing me. Yeah. So um but yeah, I come to think of it, I guess it's not the most because this, this this view is exactly what my customers see too. So I mean, if they're like, man, this guy just plays games all day. Uh, like, why is my my project taking so long, Rohan? Oh, I'm busy with this board game over here. Sorry, guys. Catan's like a four hour game, and and you yeah. know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I have I have a shelf underneath as well, which is just full of other other stuff too. So, um, but yeah, we've been we've been discovering new ones all all the time and and having fun with it and. Yeah. Meanwhile, while you, while you play that, Rowan, um, Phil just uh, attends his ferns, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, like this guy right. over here is like obviously <laughs> he takes just up so much water. It's not fake at all. It's not artificial. You know. It, That's right. I have to water it every day. <laughs> That's right. He's he's got a koala there too that he's got to feed and you know mm-hmm. feed the bamboo too or that, whatever. That, we call them drop bears here in Australia, mate. Like just be careful. I, all right, I'll get you. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so to um, put, you, put you both on the spot and, and probably detract from from your agenda. You've had quite an incredible year, one one that's made us uh, more more remote than ever uh, with with current times. What's your highlights through through the year with with your uh, episodes? There's there's a couple that come to mind for me, and that's the uh, use cases of home assistant in a in a non home sense. So we had um, Billy back in episode six, seventy where he was managing his batteries yeah. for his uh, gardening and, and right. landscaping yeah. business. You've had Matt back in uh, episode sixty six where he was uh, monitoring industrial equipment, and then there's been countless other examples as well as this evening with uh, with the um, fire station paging system example and, and and a number of others. What 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 stands out for you this year? I think for me, it's just how people are using Home Assistant to aid in working from home. Um, you know, either yeah. I think the Mac app for Home Assistant came out this year 
uh, and just being able to detect, you know, if a webcam is being used uh, so that, you know, that can then toggle lights around the house to say, you know, uh, I'm at work or I'm in a meeting. You know, those little things for me have been a really good highlight. And I even saw someone post on uh, Twitter a little box, and I think it was just a Raspberry Pi or Node something in it, and it had three lights, you know, for the kids. You know, Dad is in a meeting, i am got my headphones on, or yes, you know, and black traffic light, red, green, um, or yellow. So I think those sort of things have been really cool just to see also like, you know, generally when we do a podcast, you know, it's, you know, I do this, I do my presence and all that. But this year I think it's really had to change because people have got more time at home and we've seen a lot more interesting automations come out of that too. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think exactly kind of piggybacking on what you said, Phil, it, it, there's, there's been a lot of that kind of stuff and, and especially with newer, newer like switches and stuff like that. Like one, one of the, uh, it's something I actually saw on uh, Twitter that uh, somebody had had, uh, made and posted is, you know, somebody did a, uh, what is it? It's a, it's, I actually have the thing open here. It's leveraging WebEx endpoints APIs for in-home notifications. So basically if they're on a WebEx, they're in a Valley switches, uh, which have the programmable LEDs on them, Mm. basically they'll change color. So, you know, if, if you see that the switch is red, don't interrupt me while I'm on a call, like that kind of a thing I think is, is, is really interesting. Um, and, and, you know, this can kind of be done by, uh, whatever. I mean, in, in this case, this is like a, Hey, this is a, you know, specifically to WebEx and specifically to Novelli switches. But uh, I mean, really the concept is still kind of the same, right? It might be something like a sign. Like I know, Phil, you have, uh, typically when you do podcasts, you have like a podcast mode uh, yeah, yeah. where the lights go red behind you, right? And sure. and uh, I have I have a little Rohan on air sign behind me, which I have not automated, but the idea was for <laughs> it to be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> right and and or if i'm on a call same thing right and uh and you know a lot of times what happens is uh my partner she'll come down and and you know and like wave at me or something if i'm if i'm on a customer call because she's not sure mm. right and so th- things like that i think help as well right when when you are working um so yeah uh james have you got any reading material for your reward system have, have you got blog posts written up for that yet? so that that's going to be my christmas write-up i think uh given given the year that i've uh i've been running against there's probably mm-hmm. two 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 things for me that i'd like to post and that's the kind of the way that i've leveraged dsp home uh, more recently wled with the halloween display and things but also uh the star reward system how I've, I've leveraged tags and stuff for that. But there's other ideas I, I posted just this evening, um, moving into a new property. I want to put a, a, a number outside the house and illuminate it. And I'm just going to put some addressable LEDs in, in that and have a oh, bit can of I just say it. on that, you, you posted up two photos <laughs> with 13 and one was like nice and the, the two digits were next to each other. Keep it clean, man. Like, don't put them. What, what, what was what was your thinking having them separate? <laughs> <laughs> the light. I think it comes to life uh, when they're, they're, they're lit and the separation. Maybe the brickwork behind it as well. Um, all yeah. the extra and stuff. But uh, I think the, the, the vote is together. Uh, yeah. Without, without I think it looked clean. Maybe it could have been the, the angle you had on the photo too. Like, not being, it depends how much light can yeah. shine around it, I guess, too. Totally. So um, there will be an article coming and I'll, I'll make sure I, I share that around, but uh, folks tend to find the content 
as they as can they we uh, have a little spoiler but what's what's the interface for you to deduct and add credits are you using lovelace for that or are you, have you got no I, I i'm I've, I've tried to automate it you know you know me i, I try and do this with as much automation as possible oh, um, absolutely. so it's it's all driven through tags so the star led star has a um, tag sticker on it inside the plastic so i can right. read read the tag through through it uh, with my phone her florence's ipad has a tag on it so she can come up and say look i've earned, earned this credit or i've done this she also has a um magic cards 3d uh, not 3d printed but um inkjet printed debit card so that's her card that she carries around with her in a little bag so when we're yeah. out getting an ice cream she's like daddy can i get an ice cream and i'll i'll pay for it i'm like okay of course you can um, but it's it's an actionable alert so as i scan one of those tags i get an actionable alert that says stars and points and and i i've got actions on that to reset the the, the points add and debit both stars and points and then put her in a, a warning mode which gives her the day to restore faith and uh, correct her behavior uh, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise at midnight that night she loses the points that she's earned and oh, how funny. do you deal with inflation and uh, good question yeah. but um, there is a, a web hook into a, a monzo online digital bank in the uk and it puts some money into a she can debit her her uh, her stars to uh, her, a digital savings pot that I've created in in my bank account. So it's actual physical money at that point. Oh my! So it, it, so just to confirm, Home Assistant has access to physically move money around for your based on your point system that you've developed. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Moving <laughs> it from what my current account to a, 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 a wow. savings pot with the beauty of webhooks uh, and uh, the joy that is. Uh, that- you are a crazy cat, that, James. That is, that a, is a lot cat. of lot. That is a lot of trust, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking I mean, I, I pounds, guess, miniature pounds here, but, so. but still, yeah, yeah. all it makes is that a rounding error on your part, and yes, those miniature well. pounds. <laughs> That's right. You're oh. now overdrafted for a couple million dollars, and <laughs> yeah, all because your daughter wanted that extra ice cream. If that's right. That's only. right. I'd love to make that mistake. Oh. <laughs> Working in production. Oh man, yeah, that's, that's it. it. You must be really glad they released one point zero. You now you can have some faith in that. Oh yeah, I'm actually using proper software, not beta anymore. <laughs> <sighs> that's funny. I right, let's start over to let's start over to the comments. If you've got any questions, uh, we are live here, so yeah. let us know. Um, I did. I did see Bob had a question. Uh, can mm. you talk about the Mac client, and will there be any other endpoint clients like Windows 10 or Linux to supply sensors we can plot to use or trigger actions? Yeah, that'd be cool. I um, don't. I don't know. The problem is everything's community driven. Like the Mac app sort of came yeah. out of the community, right? Like it wasn't. You know, Paulus wasn't sitting there going, "Hey, let's make a Mac app," right? Like someone actually yeah. did it because they had a use case for it. So I think um, definitely. People that you know, if someone's good with Windows, James. I don't know if you've got any hookups at Microsoft that might be able to help you out. Um, definitely could you know, if the community's there and they can make it, then it just depends on the community. That's it. And 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 since we had Paulus on the show, I know because he was kind of like, you know, what do you think of it? I'm like, it's cool. And then he was like, that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 <laughs> and I think I think you know, since then I was like, okay, maybe maybe I should maybe I should play with this a little bit. And and, and I did. And 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 it is kind of cool, right? I mean, there are sensors that it pulls from your laptop and stuff like that, which which I think is really neat. So and and I haven't quite figured it out. I am pulling it, 
I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with it yet, but you know, it's, it's, it's there. Um, right. Just to say, okay, this is how much battery, how much, whatever. And might be, might be more useful on a more critical device than my, just my personal, whatever MacBook. But yeah, I, I guess my, my number thing, number one thing comes to mind is, is the privacy element. So whether that's the, the Mac app or, or, or other apps, right. If, if we mm-hmm. put that or deploy that app onto our partner's phones or our family phones for them or behalf of them, do they understand the data that's passing from their phone to home assistant and what can be accessed as a result of that? And I think it's, it's, it's something that we need to discuss. Um, the privacy element of, of remaining within our homes and not in the cloud has been forefront top of mind for, for home assistant. But mm. with all of these clients that connect and send data, um, there, there, there has to be that element of privacy um, at the forefront of, of those clients. And while um, during setup, it's, it's obvious and, and you go through the, the different warnings that the onboarding experience provides, it's that longer term, you know, the updates brought these other five entities or sensors, and that's getting sent to, to Home Assistant. Um, so I think privacy rem- remains top of mind for, for me with, with anything, regardless of the client or platform. And on the topic yeah. of, of privacy, how do you handle that from your daughter's perspective? Like how, like when I was growing up, you know, like my parents didn't have the ability to put GPS trackers on me, but now, you know, we do have the ability to do that to our children. Is that a concern for you? Like, do you think your daughter has the right to have some privacy from you? Totally. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not tracking position or location at all. Um, Particularly, I, I have my daughter some of the week, um, so I, I wouldn't want to intrude on her mother's life either in that way. So, uh, yeah. my, mine's more about how, making our lives more fun, more exciting, and, and more embracing that that, that digital, digital age and, and getting her involved in some of that automation. So, we had the star chart on the wall. The principles that I've replaced are the same, except they've been made more consumable and more automated and more accessible across devices rather than just the wall by the front door. So I, I think Florence is fully aware that when she goes in her room, the lights come on and that's triggered by presence, whether it's her room or any other room. Um, there's things like the the reward system that, that I've, I've built with her um, and she's helped with that. Uh, she's been a big part of, of the edge cases that she throws up, but um, I think it's it's about that inclusion factor and working with mm-hmm. the family, working with the individuals using it and, and making them aware of the nuances of what's going on in the background. And we're, we're talking about a seven-year-old, so uh, some of it she, she'll nod and agree and go, yes, daddy, mm. I get it. I get I get a point if I do this. Um, maybe <laughs> later we'll discover that uh, it's all torn up and she won't be earning any, any points at all. But uh, I think it has to, that, that privacy part of that inclusion part has to, to be a discussion at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question I just noticed here on um, num- naming of episodes number 77 or 2020-12 for us. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think, I think, I think our episode numbers have really become obsolete as of late, you know, the more spotlight episodes we've done, you know, I think there's more episodes yeah. than 77 in our feed. I think as we get into next year, you know, episode 78 will be what, like the next release episode and then 79 will be, you know, potentially a, a spotlight or a going into someone's home sort of deal. Yeah. So I think, you know, episode numbers will become less important. 
for us. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I mean, we, we, I don't, I don't know about you, Phil. I mean, even for me, like it's, it's hard to keep track of like, Hey, this person was on this episode. Like, like if, yeah. if somebody was like, Oh, you know, this guy on, on that you had on episode 30 and I'd be like, I got to go look up. Not, not, not like, I'm not forgetting the people I'm forgetting yeah. which person was on which episode. Right. So, so to me, it's less about that. Whereas if you're like, Hey, that episode with James, we talked about blah, blah, blah. Then I think, you know, it's like, oh, right. Yeah. Cause like, I know who James is and I know what we talked about. I just don't relate that back to episode 60, whatever, or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea. The, the thing with the, the date, the, the calendar version in that uh, has been introduced is that sense of time in, in the product. Yeah. Right? So we're yes. talking about automating baths back in March, episode 63 or something. I couldn't tell you exactly. when that was, but I, I know the date roughly <laughs> because I was That's joining it. you with it. But it would be fantastic to correlate episode 77 or 63 with, with that date and go, right, this is how we've moved on in that year, just a year alone, how, how things have moved on with, with home assistant, but also the devices that we're, yeah. we're working with. No, totally. And, and I think, I think Troy found a way to make it more complicated by going 2020.12. <laughs> well done, Troy. Thank you for that. There's certainly yeah. seven is kudos to you both, right, Rowan and, and Phil. Thanks for uh, pushing this out of every month and every episode because uh, it's a delight for me to, to re, uh, listen and, and interact with, with the podcast. And moreover, the community aspect that comes on the back of, of listening to an episode. So more more live episodes, more, more episodes seeing your faces because uh, you are the show. Um, and then the community that, that brings uh, brings brings it together um so look forward to 2021 yeah i mean yeah. we always say that we are i think we get the the best end of the deal because we get to pick people's brains you know either in the recording or after the recording right like james like how how long do we talk after your episode right like there was so much we could have added to the episode had we kept recording right um so you know ron and i are very privileged that we get to talk to these people not only on the show but also you know after the show as well um so yeah. I think it's we, we love it just as much as everyone else does. Well, and 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 that's the thing, right? It, it keeps us coming back, right? I mean, it, it as much as you know, I, I I am not a morning person. I'll be the first one to tell you that. And you know, the, I think the, I think the first episode, episode one, I think I woke up at four in the morning or something like that. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. And we had Dan, was, who was New Zealand, and that's even right. the worst time zone that Australia <laughs> and Canada, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was not fun. Um, but yeah, between, between, you know, Phil, myself, I think, I think it's it, usually one of us gets a short end of the stick in terms of who has to either go to bed super late or, well, usually one is, you know, going to bed super late and one's waking up, you know, yeah. super early. Um, and, or, you know, sometimes it, I, I complain, um, uh, Phil, Phil's very accommodating in the sense that I'm typically waking up on my weekends at like eight, which again, having no children is still early for me. <laughs> But uh, you know, yeah, it, it I, is it is what it is. I'll I'll deal with it, right? And uh, we we try I try to share the load as much as I can. But sometimes, like, and depending on when, like, we go into daylight savings time, you know, then the, for six months of the year it works better for us. Six months of the year it doesn't work as well for us. I mean, I yeah, remember exactly. someone commented once, "You should both be in the same room." Well, yeah, that'd be nice. We'll fly business class. I'd love to. Yeah, that's it. I, it's. Uh... <laughs> But you know, it 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 is what it, I mean. They're they're not wrong. I would love to be in the same room, but again, 
uh, there's uh, there's a slight uh, geographical <laughs> difficulty we have. Uh, but yeah, yeah and, I mean, and it, sorry, just make a good point. And we do try to accommodate for guests as well, especially uh, Europe does make it hard. I think um, the just you know having to court, like triangulate a, a time zone, you know, across three time zones, it, it does get tricky. So. You know, yeah, I think this, and that's probably a good point to why the monthly release schedule is going to work better for us, Rohan, because we'll have more flexibility in terms of when we can record. I know last year we missed out on a few guests because, you know, the weekend that the release fell meant that they were, you know, out of town that weekend or, or whatever, and the time zones just wouldn't work. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, we, we said this last year too, but fingers crossed that we'll have more episodes for 2021. That's it, and a, couple, and a couple of live ones thrown in for the for good effect. Yeah, I know a lot of comments yeah. here today. Yeah. Uh, live ones seem to be so. We'll have, to, I think, maybe we'll do uh, a few release uh, episodes live. I know uh, Paulus and Frank have sort of kicked off that on on Twitter as well. So we don't want to cut their grass, though. Right? Too many live that's right. streams. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean that that's that's something that might be kind of interesting for for Phil and I to tackle as well. Yeah. And we also do have to keep in mind that not every guest is accommodating as you, James, and is happy to come onto a live, you know, session with everyone around. So, you know, we have to be careful with yeah. that as well. Yeah. And and um, and and I gotta I gotta say, James, you again, and and I know we've kind of we we talk offline once in a while too, and you know, in terms of growing. Right. I think, you know, I think you've done a tremendous job. I remember the first time you messaged us and you were like, Hey man, I'm super nervous. I'm super, you know, like whatever. And this time we're like, Hey man, do you want to come do this with us? And you're like, yeah, totally. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think, you know, credit there too, James, to you. Thanks. So next time there won't be uh, moving boxes behind me and tackle all around and we'll get a camera on as well. Right? And we'll play uh, guess who's in James's background. That's right. That's right. No, I think, I think you were, if I remember correctly, you were on video last time. So um, yeah, to confirm yeah, yeah. that James is a real human being. So uh... we, we've vetted him. Don't worry. He's real. That's right. He's not this, you know, from the future that's got his kids using cryptocurrency to earn rewards for <laughs> ice creams on the weekend. That's twenty twenty one. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. I think I think somebody mentioned James Coin uh, up yeah. above in the chat. So, <laughs> so, so before closing off, um, yeah. there's there's obviously the, the the great work that you do with the the, the podcast. There's the um, release cycles and stuff what have you both done that's impacted your lives i know phil's had a, a significant change in his world uh, this year that's probably disrupted his automations a little bit and brought some new edge cases along what's uh, what's your call out uh okay so i think yeah so i, I was very blessed to have a uh, a little daughter this year my first daughter uh and she was a, a great podcaster she uh she made sure that she was delivered in an off week so we didn't have to adjust our schedule too much um uh, i had frank on standby in case i couldn't make it but no she 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 came right when we wanted her to uh so i've had a lot of fun automating things for her um i've done uh things around uh the amazon echo media player i won't say her name i almost did uh the amazon echo media player component uh Basically, you know, I can tell the little lady there, you know, turn on nap time and depending on what room that is set in, uh, will, you know, basically close the blinds, turn off the lights in that room as opposed. Yeah. So it's contextually aware of where it is. Um, so I think that has been a game changer. I've also put a lot of Zigbee buttons around the house, you know, to track uh, how many times we've had to change her nappy 
that has uh, unfortunately stopped now because it's just too frequent. So we can't be bothered doing it anymore. <laughs> as as happens, and, and um, does, that, does that tie back to your uh, grossy? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think it just becomes too variable. Um, like, yes, you can mark one nappy off, but then of course, as soon as you take a nappy off, and it, then it's time. Oh, the nappy's off. Now I'll wee, and then you've used two nappies, and it just becomes yeah, doesn't become reliable data anymore. So we've we've stopped that. But yeah, I think that's been the, the biggest change to me, and it's something that I've had had fun doing. I, I think I got to a point this year where I, you know, with the pandemic and you know being a bit cautious on spending money, I think. Um, especially with, you know, a newborn on its way, I sort of didn't have any new gadgets to automate. So, you know, having the ability to use existing stuff uh, around the house and, and just finding new ways to automate what's already here has been really fun. Brown, yeah. what about you? What have you done this year that's really stood out to you? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It's, it's it, in, in terms of me, again, it's it's been more just, same thing, right? Pandemic's kind of given me a little bit of time to fix up some stuff and redo some stuff. And uh, I changed, I changed uh, teams at work as well. So now that means, you know, I, I had to pick up a bunch of other stuff, but I'm also trying to see how I can integrate some of that into my day-to-day with Home Assistant as well, right? So I think mm. uh, for me, it was a lot more just maintenance that I had just kind of ignored over stuff. Um, what did I do? Some of the big things I ended up doing with Home Assistant specifically were I got rid of my Raspberry Pi. So I had a second home assistant instance which is running my uh zigbee network i got rid of that because it was just too unreliable for me um took it off moved it all to my uh my single home assistant instance which is running on a container on uh, on a server and and you know that that took up you know, I, I actually learned quite a bit with that, with uh, with Docker and and stuff like that as well, and uh, which is which is great. So, no, I think I think I think that was really really the big uh, big thing, um, just changing up a bunch of my network and and redoing some things, and then a couple of days ago I decided to re-IP my uh, Lutron uh, controller, which ended up breaking everything and it's still not fixed. So right now, it's still no, not like, fixed. Lights turn on. Uh, <laughs> So, so it was, uh, which is, which is always fun. So it's just this constant. And that's the joy of uh, home automation, right? Where as soon as you change something little, it has a knock-on effect, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, you know, and 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 that's it. So you know, I've been, I've been doing a bunch of that kind of thing. Um, I've been wanting to jump in a little bit in terms of, you know, like, hey, let me try and leverage this API to do whatever else. Um, so you know, that, that kind of thing, which, which hasn't really gone too, too far because some of that stuff just started like a month ago. Uh, yeah. and, and really it's just around me trying to figure out what I want to do and where I want to go first and then, and then do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't been, it hasn't been as productive as yours, Phil. It's uh, <laughs> for sure. How about you, James? I know, I know you mentioned well, you're, you're moving. It's been quite the year for me. Um, I certainly had quite the ride after joining you both on on the podcast so i've done some crazy stuff with hot tubs and podcast um the the barbecue out in the garden um through to um just hardening some of the automation that i i I have so i'm leveraging zones a lot more with with some of my um presence so um just in in integrating more of of the, the great integrations that home assistant has with with what i do um and then having some fun with projects so um halloween was yeah. was was fun in in this little community that i live in there's uh, a few hundred of us in in a few streets and we've got a whatsapp group and we, we kind of said look let's not have the kids knock on front doors let's do something that was it more of a treasure hunt and when i had the word treasure hunt and halloween i thought right 
if kids are coming around looking for a little ladder, I've got to I've got to spice something up with lights. And I bought smoke machine and and had moving effects and stuff. And it was just beautiful to see the joy in the kids. Um, you know, the sweets are getting thrown at them and uh, smokes going off and and spooky music's playing and just to link all of that together so easily. And the word easily there is this was knocked together over one or two evenings in, in the week up to to um, Halloween. And to see it yeah. in, have such an impact over all the, all the kids in the community was was beautiful. And then, um, yeah, I think for for me the the second half of this year has been really tough with work and and increased priorities. So it's really been yeah. fix, fixing bugs and, and driving home fixes to stuff that maybe have uh, have failed on my part. So um, it leads nicely into how do, how do you prioritize your stuff, right? So we're, we're all um, yeah. increasingly in, in demand across across work and personal lives. What's the thing that makes you think, right, I'm going to sit down this evening or this weekend or today and, and go, right, I'm going to build this or work on that or or fix this issue. How do you prioritize that in your home assistant worlds? Whoever yells the loudest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's what it comes down to. I think uh, whatever frustrates me the most at the time. I think so last night, so I I got up early this morning for the conference and then when I got up, I noticed there was a couple of lights still on and they shouldn't have been on, right? Like, uh, so that'll like, I've I've thought about it, but now I probably won't get to that for until it really annoys me, right? Like if I'm sleeping and there's left on, it's not going to annoy me. But if I'm, you know, sitting in a room and the lights go off, then damn, like that's going to really frustrate me. So then I'll I'll prioritise that. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that's really like whatever really annoys me the most is how I prioritize it in terms of bug fixes, in terms of features. Um, I don't know. It depends what cool things I see on Twitter or, or, or Reddit really. Do you track those when yeah. you see them? Do you go, right, I'm just going to make a mental bookmark or, or, or post that to sort of yeah. or one note or something? I, I make a, a mental bookmark and then let's say I'll forget about it. And then I'll see it in a few months' time and go, oh, that's really cool. I remember I was going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it, right? Or or if I'm buying something, like, you know, if I'm buying whatever, you know, will it work? Great. If it does, then – or if, if it's a smart something or the other, then cool. Then I'll I'll bring it into Home Assistant and – yeah. Uh, but Phil, Phil and I were talking about this. A lot, of, a lot of my purchasing decisions are also based around – and it sounds like yours as well, Phil – is based around, you know, will it integrate? with with home assistant right and mm-hmm. uh you know based on that that's you know why not right and and there, there's certain things that like sometimes it's 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 great like one like so i mean it, it, things that do integrate i end up having you know a blast with right and just saying okay cool how what else can i do with this right and i start looking up use cases and starting to see what people are doing and and this is stuff i do at like 2 a.m when i probably should be doing well nothing and sleeping Yep. but on, on a weekday right so it's like, well, i'll okay. look at my my phone and i'll see all the tabs that i have open in the, in my browser and it'll be like you know some rant like i'll be googling you know like integration name dash api integration name dash home assistant or something like that just because you know you see someone using it like all right how can i how can i get this right yeah i've also learned to look quite a bit for you know what doesn't work with, with yeah. that integration right yeah. before i buy something um and, Which can and be hard. good thing I did. I was, well, that's it. Well, I, I was going to buy a um, TP-Link um, outdoor, um, what is it called? Smart switch or a smart, mm-hmm. smart plug. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And, uh, you know, that, that was the day the advisory came out and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll hold up on this one. Right. And then, uh, and then, and then now obviously it's uh, okay. Just give them a shout and whatever. Uh, and then the sale ended. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not buying that. Yeah. Bad timing on their part. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and does uh, new features change your mind on your investment? So for, for me, I, I'm, I'm using ring as a, an alarm and, and cameras, um, but as I've dug into some of the iOS features of, of the app and, and being able to stream a camera, it made me buy, I found some incredible um, RTSP cameras or have it with mm. an RTSP feed. And just being able to get that notification, hit it with, with the, the push press and see the live feed. I don't have to open an app. I don't have to interact with it. It's yeah. just there. And it's like, well, do I sell my ring equipment and get better devices? Yes, for one thing. Um, but how often do we go through these cycles of change and, and um, development and, and, and change for the better, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting far, far greater things out of, of technology now than maybe a year or two. And, and the suppliers are certainly going for that cloud model where they want you to subscribe. Absolutely. I think Dr. Z's just... Uh... Sorry, Dr. Zeds just put in the comments uh, very nicely. You know, if there's no RTSP, then he's not going to buy not it. And buy I think that is uh, exactly. absolutely and fair. Yeah. I, I think I think back in the day, I didn't care as much. Now I do, right? But at the same time, like like again, I have a ring doorbell, right? But am I going to go rip it out? No, probably not. Um, may, maybe. I mean, if if there's some if whatever is replacing it is you know inexpensive at the time and or and or like you know, a great sale or it's given to me or whatever. Sure. Absolutely. I will. Right. But I, I also know that I'm really bad at, at, at selling things. So it's literally just going to sit in my basement and rot until, until I need a new round of whatever. Everyone's so. got the box of home automation gadgets. They haven't integrated yet. Everyone's got I've, I've got a basement full of it. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, Marley's got a good point. It's that that balancing of of replacement as well. Think of the environmental damage that we're doing in 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 that replacement, but also yeah, think exactly of the security right. changes that happen between devices and and protection. And, and that point about privacy I made earlier. Um, does that next device give you better privacy or less? And, and uh, I think that's an important factor. Is is the sustainability of of this world that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. And and for that reason, especially if it's it, and, and exactly what I said about the ring, right? And but plus one to that, right? Like, essentially, like, I'm not gonna just throw something away, uh, not only for the money part of it, and not only because I've already spent that money, but it's also because, you know, what kind of damage is it doing? You know, if it's, if it's something like, again, like, uh, that's not going to cause that damage and, and gonna greatly improve my quality of life. Sure, I'll, I'll weigh it, right? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's going to be like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't just rip something out for the sake of ripping it out. Yeah. Ronald has just asked, you know, what do you guys think are the best doorbells with RTSP? I think I had uh, a friend asked me yesterday, you know, I oh, see so you got the ring camera. Do you recommend it? You know, the ring comes with a subscription, no RTSP. I, I don't recommend it anymore. Um, it's, you know, if the internet goes out, there's no, the ring camera doesn't work anymore. Like the ring doorbell doesn't work anymore. So I think Yuffie have, and I, I could be wrong, I, I may have read it somewhere that Yuffie has local access only. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think maybe just even rolling your own if you can, if you have the 
skills to do it, something with like an ESP yeah. button and a camera or something like that. Um, but yeah, and as, as Molly just said, Doorbird as well it does get expensive. But yeah, yeah I think doorbells are like they're the i think they're a bit tricky at the moment like yeah. there's no real best solution if if i was to to lean in and, and replace some of the uh hardware that i've got i would be definitely going down the disease route and, and going rtsp and think of the integration that i have whether it's through a, a stream with my notification on my phone through to the the pop-up on my on my telly and, and being able to grab a snapshot from the mm. feed just being able to access that stream is so important and um one, one of the other things i've messed around with this 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 well probably this quarter even um is uh dude's and, and getting more local image recognition and going and the limitations that rings presented me kind of led me to go out there and mess around with a couple of cheap cheap cameras to see the impact and disturbance that it will have on on some of my other equipment yeah and and i, th- I think if i was to redo it today I may, I may literally just diy it right i mean there's there's some people um that have got some great tutorials and stuff on and, and i think somebody mentioned esp cam um uh, and you know things like that. I think are great alternatives, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Jason just asked. Twenty bucks. Yeah, Jason just ahead. asked. Uh, AWS Sidewalk terrifying or just regularly scary? What do you think? Scary, and that's <sighs> that privacy point for me. Is mm. uh, being able to yeah. to have some control over uh, over this and. Um, some some routers in in the UK used to come preloaded from the ISPs where they they'd have an open network for um, their customers to join and they would piggyback on on your uh, connection. All of that stuff is is something that would really really um, worry me. And, and more recently, I think. I consider privacy more than accessibility in terms of can I get it on that device and that device over over what where and yeah. where the data is. I think from yeah. my point of view, I, um, I understand like from a technical point of view, like they can make it secure, and I understand you know like it's fantastic from their side. What I didn't appreciate was that it was forced upon everyone. It was a this is happening to your device, deal with it sort of thing. There was no mm-hmm. I think. From a public relations marketing perspective, Amazon really dropped the ball here. Um, and I think, you know, for once again, we, we talk about this, you know, in terms of, you know, TP-Link or Logitech, Philips Hue, reaching into your home and disabling something that you use. Well, this is the opposite. This is Amazon reaching into your home and opening up their devices to do to communicate and use your internet, basically. So I think, you know, it with everything being cloud connected and a firmware update away, I think it just reminds everyone of, you know, we are really renting these IoT devices from their manufacturers yes. while there is firmware updates. So I think that's where Amazon's really dropped the ball for me. Yeah, and, and so Carlo brings up a good point, which is, you know, the only way for it to work is, it, uh, is if it's opt-out and, you know, most users aren't savvy enough to turn it on, um, yeah. which, which I do agree with, right? But my, I think my my issue with the whole thing is I don't know that you know just just simply how quickly they made the decision to do something like this and and maybe today it's private and today it's you know whatever right like like it it aims to protect my my network my home whatever I I don't know that tomorrow that's not or that that will be the case still right and and the thing is that it can it can change on the fly um so I I, I think. 
you know, there's some some level of discomfort, right? And and I think I think the other thing is also it comes back to you know if I fat finger something that's on me. If you fat finger something that's on you, but it's affecting me. Yes, and, yes. Um, you being you know whether I mean in this specific case it might be it might be AWS sidewalk, but you know it might be somebody else that's doing something else, right? One thing I will just and as a, a PSA for everyone because. Andrea's just uh, sort of mentioned, you know, disabled immediately. I also disabled Sidewalk immediately as well. Well, actually, I, when I logged in uh, to my Amazon app, it was already disabled. So it was a bit confusing. Amazon sent out an email saying we're going to enable it. Uh, and then a few weeks later, they have started slowly enabling it for people. So if you already have checked your Amazon app and it is disabled in your account, go and check it again. Uh, just to make sure that they haven't turned it back on, because I know that's what they were doing. Right. Which Notice also, you know, left that really bad flavor in my mouth. All right. Eighty-five people are now joining their, uh, opening their Alexa app and checking their privacy. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, right? That's it. But um, yeah, uh, what devices used? Uh, what devices use Amazon Sidewalk? Um, I believe it's all of the Echoes. I don't know. Yeah. Amazon Echoes, um, and there is, I believe, uh, the Ring, anything in the Amazon ecosystem, basically. So Ring doorbells can also use it. Um, and then all the Ring stick-up cameras as well. Um, anything mm-hmm. that... Oh, okay. Yeah. Peter clarified, it's Echo Gen 3 and over. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, so, yeah, basically, I think it's a way for Amazon to create their own mesh Wi-Fi system, which works well if you know you have spotty Wi-Fi in your home and you can tap off a neighbor's access point that's closer to your outdoor camera maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a little bit like I don't like the idea of my Netflix being slow because my neighbor's piggybacking off my Wi-Fi through my Amazon Echo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, I yeah, I would I would turn it off. Well, I did turn it off, or I plan to turn it off. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, just don't re- turn it off. Yeah, yeah, turn yeah. it off again. I, I, I definitely remember. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I, I, I did, I did look, and and you know, I'm going to take a second look for for your 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 concern, Phil. I think uh, yeah, that's a good call it. Right. Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, what think... open alternatives exist for Amazon Echoes? We'll just take this one as a last oh, one. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a question. There Actually, was something. There was one that a couple of people were looking at. Um, well, because remember there was uh, Snips, which then got brought out by Sonos, and yeah. and they uh, and they said, "Nah, we're we're keeping Snips for ourselves." Um, there was one other one that Mycroft was, has been called so, out as an example, my, and then this Almond. So thanks yeah, for hope. sharing those. Armand made that, like Home Assistant made that really big announcement about the Armand integration. Um, I was I was actually a bit disappointed that at this year's conference it didn't get an update. Yeah. I was hoping that that was going to be, you know, like their next big thing as well, right? Um, yeah. Because I think that is, you know, a very exciting project, particularly with machine learning um, going into that space as well. Um, but, yeah, I think the problem with local voice control is that, you know, and to Dr. Zed's point here, that, yeah. you know, once you get to local control, it, it really is based on the processing power of your computer and and how well those local voice processing systems can, can yeah. act, right? And I think that's where the cloud really is required here because there's so many, you know, different people and machine learning that can 
make them really accurate, right? Yeah, and and Carlos got a good point too, is which is you know the the bar is set very high. Uh, okay. Well, did the event just end? Well, hopefully, people can hear us. Um, well, James. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess I'm alone. Uh, so welcome to the Rohan podcast. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't I don't know what happened to Phil, and hopefully I don't get kicked out as well. Um, but uh, Yo, hey, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can me? hear you. <laughs> uh, Frank is. Oh, voice is back. Okay, okay, cool. We're back. Uh, I just Fra- Frank just messaged me saying uh, I don't know what happened, and we're trying to let James back in. There I we did go. There's James. Back. There hey. we go. Session feedback. Okay. <laughs> apparently, 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 Stone Obscurity can't hear me. Can you still hear me now, Stone Obscurity? Hopefully. Uh, we said this was oh, going to be live. It was going to be raw. There was going to be mistakes. We weren't wrong. We yeah. weren't wrong. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to try reconnecting as well as everybody's okay. suggesting. Give me a sec. All right, no problem. I think um, everyone who is uh, has managed to stay or has, has come back because I know the looks like our the number of viewers has dropped down as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. So hopefully now everybody can hear me. Yeah. Uh, yes. Thank you. Okay. So what we're I forget what we're talking about. I think we're talking about almond and uh, how disappointing it was. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think there's still some there's still some merit to the to the platform. Just so none none of this stuff is going to be recorded. I think I, maybe it will. I don't know. I'm recording. Um, I will put it in. Okay, perfect. We will do that. Oh, I think my audio is still going too, so we're good. All right. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and I I think I think you know um, there there is. I mean, fail to your point. I think having that local voice control also means that there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get updated. There's a lot of stuff that's you know it it, it stays very static, right? Yeah. Um, whereas I think and and. Carlo had actually mentioned that, you know, the, the big players have kind of made it really hard, right. To, uh, well, they've, they've, they've set the bar really high essentially. Yeah. And you expect and, it to work, right? Like if you come into a home and start talking to the it. speaker and it doesn't understand you, well, what's the point, right? Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I kind of agree. Like, like I, yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. I think I think that makes perfect sense. And I think Ron, um, you rely a lot on voice in your home as a yeah control input, right? So if yeah. it's not accurate, enough, primary then what's the point. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, I mean, like my my girlfriend gets upset enough when uh, you know the Amazon Echo doesn't reply back when she says her name and like the trigger yeah. word and whatever, yeah. right? Let alone something that. That's not uh, set, right? And, yeah. Or that has no kind of intelligence behind it. Or, or maybe there is. There's, there's intelligence. I guess that's not fair. I'm sure some of these have more intelligence than maybe Amazon is offering and things like that. But it's still, I think at the end of the day, especially if it's open source hardware and things like that. I mean, the mic is only going to be so good and and whatever, right? Until a lot of that stuff can come in and basically overthrow the Amazon Echo and Google Homes mm. of the world. Which I, again, I do think there's a complete possibility for. I just don't think it's there today. Yeah, See, I, I, I use mine uh, for for interrupts. So, interrupting intervention. Yeah. So, if I want to change the the music or or change the lights, then I'll mm-hmm. inter, in, intervene with with the voice assistant in the room. But I, I've yeah. still 
go with with automation as my primary driver for all of my um, mm-hmm. behavior in my yeah. home. And then yeah. probably third yeah. is is uh, an app. Or more recently, I'm kind of falling back to tags, so a series of tags around the home. That's probably my third um, interaction. And the app and Lovelace is now falling to, to fourth in how I kind of plan things out. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Tags being able to in like phys- like bring the physical world into Home Assistant is just like a game changer. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> Philip, Philip brings in a more philosophical view of the voice assistant. Uh, I'm terrified of the fact that a machine can talk to me. <laughs> Sometimes, you know what really creeped me out is uh, I, I forgot that like whisper mode was a thing or whatever. Oh, and, yes. Uh, I, think, I think one day I was kind of like, because uh, I think it was like, 3 a.m. or something like that, right? I was working or something like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm, I'm going to bed and, and my girlfriend's gone to bed, whatever. And I'm on my way. And I was like, I don't want to wake her up. So I'm not going to be like, hey, turn off the lights. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I whispered it and she whispered back. And I just got this, <laughs> just like the shiver that went up my spine. I was like, what? Oh my 3 God, that was so disturbing. That, yeah. 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 Just saying, you know, replying good night back to me. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's the end of this one. And I'll just turn the volume down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I can't deal with that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I guess that's pretty much going to wrap us up. I think that little interruption there was probably a good breaking point anyway. But, um, yeah, I think, Ryan, this is, what, 2020 done? I think we're going to be glad to see the end of this year with the pandemic and everything. That's it. Rohan's that's out it. of and here. He's like whacking his microphone. He's done. He's ready oh, to no. up for the year. <laughs> that's that's right. Just smack the mic over. No, um, I think I think no. I I agree. And I, and I mean, I think uh, I'm looking forward to 2021 and looking forward to reconnecting with uh, with the community then. And yeah. uh, when the next release is back, we'll be back. That's right. James, thanks so much for coming on and, and being our little our buddy here to monitor the the comments while we're doing our thing. We've had a lot of technical issues. It's our first live one, but I think I think we got there all right. Absolutely, right. I, think, I think we did decent. Yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for everything you, you both do. And uh, if you can hear it through the mic, I'm raising my glass to you at uh, <laughs> quarter past eleven on a Sunday evening. Thank you. Thanks, not, not, not just not, the beer as well. Not just to, yourself, right. but to the whole community, right? It's uh, it's an amazing totally. place to be, uh, part of, and uh, contribute and, and learn from from others. So, uh, thanks for for everyone joining and and everything that you all do. Yeah, and thanks, yes. uh, and I think a big congratulations to everyone in the home assistant community, all the developers, for reaching one point zero. It was short lived. Frank, you know, pre pooed that very quickly, but we did get one point zero <laughs> for a couple of weeks at least, or a, co- a week at least, to see home assistant one point zero in the release notes section. So. Uh, big up to everyone. 2021 is going to be great. And I think it's going to be a redefining year for home assistant moving forward. Totally agreed. And then again, seconded, thank you, James. And and thank you to the entire community for, for doing everything you guys do. All right. Cheers, everyone. Thank All you right. very much. Cheers. Thanks.